hopefully that works. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I don't even. Do you want to do some kind of like an introduction? Because I feel like we've been we've been out of this for like a year or more. I just looked at I looked at my. Hold on. Let me look at the the last time. We have like the last episode we have is <laughs> it, it is January 26th of 2020. So it's been a while. It's been a bit, but that one was a pretty good one. That one was, can you pee on your mom? So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. And you've. Okay. I guess we should say like, this is. Hello. <laughs> Hello. We're we're back. Back again. Yes, uh, for all our fans. Yeah. Um we are back. COVID uh and moving and everything couldn't stop it. No. Nope, or nope. they stopped it temporarily. But we're back. We're back. We're back. And I'm in Florida. Can you tell? Yeah. You can tell the difference? I can't. Well, I'm sure somebody can tell the difference. I think one of the things that's going to be telling that now that we're both recording in independent locations is one, it'll be much easier for me to like clip out all of your like coughs and mouth noises and stuff. And two, uh, it's going to sound really weird because before there was like this kind of like we were have we were, we had the same room acoustics for both of our recordings. I'm sure everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back, and and man, a lot of stuff has happened in over a year. I don't even know where to begin. I guess. Uh, I guess one thing. I well, what we should just kind of get out here, since I've like opened that can of worms, is you've now played Death Stranding. Yes, I played it quite a bit. I did not finish it before the move, so my save game is in a box somewhere. But uh, once I unpack, I can I can finish it. But I'm I'm like eighty percent of the way there. I got to the part. This is when I told you I, I I've gotten far enough to tell that this game was targeting both targeting and mocking millennials. I can tell now from the that that is definitely what the game design was. What? Okay. And how are they mocking millennials? Okay. So there's at least a number, there's a, there's a handful of things. Number one, uh, everybody gets everything through Amazon delivery. Uh huh. That's just the world. Uh, nobody leaves the house. Um, and this is pre COVID. So that was more targeting millennials. Now it's kind of targeting everybody. Um, but nobody leaves the house. Uh, let's see. There's there's more. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, likes seems to be the currency that exists uh-huh. in this world. Uh, again, so that makes sense. Um, and uh, there's also, like, everybody has these totally bizarre careers. Right? Like, when you visit somebody, I'm like, what is this guy? This guy like makes like weird 
glass sculptures for a living? Like, what kind of nonsense is this? Uh-huh. But then, like, the, the thing that, like, really got me was uh, when I get, when you get to Heart Man, I believe that was the person. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to spoil it for you, but I will spoil a moment. But there's a spark in the scene with Heartman where they literally make you just sit and wait and do nothing for three minutes. I think that's the amount of time. It's like three or four minutes. It's enough that for a millennial, it is torture. And it is just total pointlessness that you sit through and do nothing. You can you can look around the room and scan stuff and see like to what end? Well, uh, I mean, if you care at all about the characters, which I, most people don't. Um, no, this was Kojima when you characters. go pee and make a sandwich. That yeah. was what this time was meant. But there was I remember looking around and getting some kind of like little like a little bit of background information on Heartman. The background yes. information is he's annoying. <laughs> the end. Uh-huh. He keeps he keeps having to to die every day every hour or something like that. Right, which also was like, okay, jackholes, you're gonna like make me sit in real time for the three minutes, but then like or whatever that he does that shit happens like two minutes later. I'm like, really. This is nonsense. How dare you confess time in this spot and then not in the other spot? I hate you. Uh huh. Well, I mean, the game. I think I would say the game as a whole is kind of a trying of your patience in a number of ways. As a, which is why I think so many people like hate that game. <laughs> But I I really enjoyed it. But maybe I don't know what that says about me. Uh, I don't know. I guess you have some weird delivery boy fantasy. That's all I know. I guess. Like I I liked. I I liked a number of things about that game. One one was like I I didn't find the, I didn't find the traversal, as cumbersome as many people did. Like I got the hang of it and was like, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, because all you have to do is hold down the trigger buttons the whole time. And then that's the end. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. You just hold those things down and walk around a little bit slower. Um, and then I thought the social aspect of stuff was really interesting. Of like, like yeah, like likes are the only currency. So in order to uh, in order to do certain things, I think you have to get so many likes. It unlocks uh, it unlocks things, right? Likes likes are your yeah. gate to like being able to build more doodads. Yeah, and um, and then unlocking like connecting more things to the network opens up more network bandwidth which shows more, allows you to build more things, but also reveals more things built by other users. And I thought that was a really interesting way to go. Like knowing that your stuff is going to show up in other people's game 
and they can, you know, like it. So you can kind of judge like how beneficial is my zip line or how beneficial is my bridge in this location to other people. Uh, and, and seeing where other people build built stuff before, like by, when I was able to unlock that stuff, it, it let, helped me to plan ahead as far as like where I should be building things, but also knowing that I don't have to build a thing here. There's already a thing here. I can connect my like zip line as part of this other like network. And yeah, that's all the well and good until you get trolled by some janky ass bridge that when you try to go over it, you just like flip over and go all crazy. Like I had one that was like, <laughs> Oh, I opened up the network and now there's this bridge and it's like in the way I'm like, is this going to help me? And I was like, no, this bridge kills me. It's horrible. And I had to go, to, like, I had to learn how to delete shit because I had these jackass bridges in stupid locations. I did, I did run into that once where uh, I opened up a chiral network node or whatever, and that showed more user-created stuff. And there was a huge, dumb bridge that, like, was to nowhere. Because sometimes people would do that, would just build like big, stupid bridges for no reason. And uh, like it doesn't cover, it doesn't cross anything. It's just like in the middle of land. And it it severed my zipline network. It like just interrupted my zipline, you know, direction. And I'm like, well, this sucks. Why would somebody build that here? This is a perfect place for a zipline. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the, the the worst one that I ran into was, like, there was, like, a hill that I drive down from a, a, a delivery point. And it's, like, the only way to get out to the to the road network was to go down this one little hill and a gap. And then there was a freaking bridge there. And it was, like, now we have to go over this bridge, which means you're going down at, like, a 45-degree angle, and then you hit a bridge that is pointing up at a 45 degree angle in the opposite way. And then you get all your, your truck just gets all Austin powers stuck in between this frigging gap. I don't even know how they got that bridge to like be legal. It was such an awkward placement. Yeah, I did end up, I do recall like fiddling with the bridges and like scooting around a bit to get the bridge to like show up correctly. Or if I thought like, this is kind of a risky bridge. I don't even know if I can build a bridge here, but then getting that to work, that was pretty satisfying. I remember like uh, the thing that I did to like min max getting likes was I went before I opened the chiral network, I built every single road. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then I went and opened up the network. So that way I got all the credit and had all the roads built and I got like an insane amount of likes after that oh wait so you you built up the like hundreds of thousands of resources to build the whole road yourself yes oh geez okay well no wonder you got tired of that game (laughs) (laughs) i did not spend the time to do that yeah i i as far as i could build out like i would do 100 percent of the contribution to the road so that way like I had contributed as much as possible whenever the road got added to the network and other people started 
driving on it. Because it's like it's like forced likes. They have to do it if they use the road. That's why like that's the best way to get likes because you can't not like it. Like if I can build a bridge and it's like in a perfect spot and everybody's an idiot for not using it. But you like liking the bridges and stuff is optional. But if they drive across the road, you just get likes. Yeah. Well, and that's why so many people would like put up the put up the like signs at like the entrances and exits to roads or uh, places you could drive into. Mm -hmm. So let's move on from that. Let's talk about things that we're actually playing now instead of going back to um, games we played a year ago. (laughs) Okay. Um, Uh, All right. Well, let's see. I will start with uh, I'm going to start with New World because that one's pretty pretty current. Uh, oh, I saw you playing that. That's the Amazon MMO thing. Uh, MMO. Yeah. So I guess it is. I'm going to stop playing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's an MMO, right? Uh, I mean the. It does some, it tries to do some interesting things with the character building. Like, they don't have classes. Uh, it's very, it feels very Elder Scrolls Online in some regards. There's, there's not a class system. You have weapons that you, as you use the weapons, you level up in that weapon, and that unlocks new skills for the weapon. So mm-hmm. you have two weapon slots, so you could essentially use any two weapons that you like, but you're obviously going to be smarter if you use two weapons that share a stat. So, like, if you use a sword and shield and a warhammer, because they both use strength, versus, like, using a musket, which is dexterity and a little bit intelligence, or, you know, something like that. Uh, I chose to do that. So I was using a musket, and I was using a fire stat. Um, and so there was like, uh, I think it was intelligence was the stat. It probably wasn't, but it was it was basically intelligence, whatever the stat was. So putting points into that makes you better at using magic uh, item fire stat. But it also improved your skill with the musket a little bit. But... Um, the musket was an interesting class because it had like two. Everyone has two trees, so there's usually it's usually like an offensive and a defensive um, tree. And the musket's defensive tree was trapping, which was kind of, kind of an interesting combo I thought with fire skills because you could throw down a trap and like this bear trap thing, and uh, an enemy would get stuck in it for a couple of seconds which is great for like some of the fire tree skills because you'd have things like rain down meteors on somebody, but you have to channel it. And if they hit you while you're channeling it, then it gets canceled. So if you can trap them in place, then you can rain down meteors and crap on them safely, which is kind of a cool combo because there isn't any other option for that. I can fire to like immobilize. Um, Mm. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, character building wise, like there's, I guess that's 
there's some kind of interesting stuff there. But uh, game content-wise, it's just the same damn thing that every other MMO is, where here, here's just a pile of different quests. This quest is go to this location and kill five things, and then go to this other location and open three baskets, and then go to this location and kill three things. So I uh, got sick of the content, like, really fast. Um, and that's kind of why I was just like, mm, no, I don't think I'm going to play this anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds like an MMO to me. Yeah. And I guess, uh, I guess that means I'm just not going to pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. Is it paid or is it free to play? Um, it's, you have to pay to buy it. And then I think it's free to play to have an account. But there's definitely like, it's like, it's like a one-time purchase. It's like, how- okay. So it's, it's like, it's not a subscription. No, it's, no. Like, it's a one-time purchase. Like Elder, it's like Elder Scrolls Online is now, right? Like you buy the game and then you can play it online for free. And then there's uh, stuff. I didn't even. I, I noticed that there was a because I was I was the same as you. I was like, how the hell are they going to pay for this? Because uh, I didn't see any way for it to force me to a subscription when I was running through it. And then I finally saw the store tab. When I was looking at the menus, I was like, oh, okay, there's all this crap. It looks like typical uh, free-to-play MMO stuff where it's like a bunch of... Uh, like boosters or something? Uh, I actually didn't even see any gameplay-related things. All I saw was vanity stuff. Um, I didn't dig into it very much, though, because I was uninterested in in that. There, There may be consumables or something, but... All I saw on like the, the first page was uh, vanity stuff. That's the one, or do you know if that's the one that's built on Lumberyard, the like CryEngine? I don't know, but I mean, I think this was the one that was like notoriously like breaking video cards or something. Uh-huh, yeah. Like if you had a good expensive video card that's hard to get, it was like destroying it. Luckily, I have... Uh, one that's like a generation or two older than the current, like ones that are being scalped for $1,700 a pop. So yeah, I, I guess mine was fine. Well, that's good because <laughs> it's impossible to get replacements apparently. Ugh, the whole lotto system that they're doing, it's terrible. Yeah, I saw that like Newegg has like the, that's at least better than Walmart's system of just hit the refresh button and pray. Yeah, it's it is something better. But I also don't know why they wouldn't just have like a queue system. You know. Right. Like just just let me get in a some kind of I don't know, interminably long line. I just put my put my ticket in and say like, I want one eventually. Yeah, I I honestly I don't get it either. I mean, they saw how COVID vaccines worked. They could have like freaking just used that system. Oh, like let all the sixty plus people buy a video card first. Yes, exactly. That's what I meant. 
Uh, all those elderly Bitcoin miners is going to rank it in. Yes. And then children are last. Mm-hmm. As it should be. Children get nothing. <laughs> they won't appreciate it. They'll just be entitled about it. Yeah. Of course, it should have been running like this. Why would it run like anything else? Uh, I have been playing... I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima. And so, although even in the game, there's multiple pronunciations of the island's name. Some people say Tsushima. Some people say Tsushima. It just depends on who the actor is. Well, which ones are the Japanese actors? Well, I don't think any of them, but I don't know. (laughs) I haven't looked at the cast. Uh, But yeah, it's just kind of one or the other. Either way, I think I'm almost done with it. I've uh, gotten to Act 3. I've uh, gotten most of the collectibles. Okay, here's the thing. There's two things I really like about this game that are kind of under-the-radar things that are not like the big-ticket items that most people talk about with this game. And one is uh, every collectible in the game has an in-game way to find the collectible. Like they have some kind of tracker system for every kind of collectible. And it just guides you generally to where the collectible is. Yes. Yeah. Every game with collectibles should have that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, like, I don't... It's the I'm old, stop digging me around collectible system. Yeah. It's the like, it's the look. You're you you've got some kind of cosmetic or something that maybe it's even gameplay related. Like some of these things are. Uh, like I don't, I don't have time to screw around running all over this island. You know, I've I've got work to do. Uh, just point me to where it is. And it the nice thing is like it still gives me some amount of accomplishment because it points me roughly where the item is and then i can still like hone in on where it actually is right so it's not it's not like a total giveaway but it is like super helpful and narrowing down like the the area that i need to be in to find this thing and sometimes that little asshole fox is hard to follow he like goes into grass and shit (laughs) yeah sometimes but i do pet the fox every time. yes so i was really really disappointed that there was not a you pet the fox every time achievement. That was the one thing that the game was supposed to have and it didn't. I think the pet the fox was a patch in thing. So I don't think they launched with fox. <laughs> which which you have to cert you have to go through cert to get your trophies set up. So uh in your achievements so yeah. Well, they've had updates. They could have added it in. Maybe. But anyway, that's number one. That is a feature of every game with collectibles that needs to exist now, because otherwise, I'm just going and finding the interactive map that some user made, or some you know FAQ walkthrough about like where the hell is this stupid thing? Yeah, that made. And I'm using that made that. Death Stranding much more playable, by the way. That that interactive internet map. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. The the other thing that is really nice is this game does what so few games do well, which is NPC follow. Like if an NPC, it's like follow this NPC, not the stupid like Assassin's Creed follow this NPC, but like the NPC is going to walk you to your next plot location. And if you just hold forward, he's going to follow like pretty closely behind, like within a zone. Right. And so anytime the NPC turns, your guy will turn and it's by and large, like really well pulled off. Like there's only been a couple times where some random object has gotten into the way of my pathing and kind of screwed me up a little bit. But even like you can even like hit the sprint button and the NPC in front of you will be like, Oh, we're riding faster now. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. And so the pace that you have to follow the NPC to like get to where you're going is almost perfect. And I love it. Because so many games like point you in a direction and the NPC is supposed to follow you or they're like, follow this NPC, but the NPC speed and the player run speed are two different things. <laughs> so like you end up running for a, a few seconds and then stopping to walk and then running for a few seconds and then walk. And there's not like, or just like trying to find that sweet spot on the controller where that's exactly right. But, yeah. It's like super annoying. Like, like the Yakuza games where they teach you how to use the walk button and force you to use it because they give you a follow the guy step. It's just like, I never want to use this button ever again. And you're making me. Yeah. But this game handles that really, really well. I mean, outside of those two things, you know, it's an open world game. It's done really pretty well. Um, I think it does suffer from some, some amount of, open world copy paste mission design. Uh, but well, every game that has like more than 50 locations on the map has that happen. Right. Like yeah. it was, uh, I like, I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey was the first Assassin's Creed I played since Assassin's Creed. And uh-huh. I got into that game. I think that was the first of those, games of this nature which i'm going to just call ubisoft open world until you give me a better name for them but uh well i mean ubisoft open world started with assassin's creed if i recall right but this was yeah anyway this was the first ubisoft open world game i played was odyssey and then and then like there were things like horizon zero dawn and ghost of tsushima and stuff that came after that but like I played that one, and it was like, oh, there's 500 billion dots on the map. I must gray them all out, and I did. And there was, yeah, there was, you know, and I think the one thing I would give credit to Ghost of Tsushima, though, is their, like, every location was still, was somewhat unique, right? Like, like, uh, if you play, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like, you're like, oh, this is, you know, fort style number 326. And, like, you would run into, like, literally exact copies of certain, like, fort layouts and stuff once you played enough of them. And you would, like, 
Regnum's like, oh, okay, the hole's going to be around on this side, on this corner. And, like, it was literally the exact same, like, meshes and stuff, just, you know, rotated a different direction and in a different continent or whatever. But, like, the Ghost of Tsushima, like, towns, they're all at least, you know, it was a totally new place to explore and you weren't, like, you didn't know exactly, like, <laughs> where all of the different like ways to sneak into the fences and stuff were. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the layouts are very different place to place. There's, you know, the yurts are going to be the same, but I mean, it's a yurt, it's a tent. (laughs) So that's not a big deal. There's a couple of like asset reuse, uh, like Japanese houses, that kind of crop up the same. It's like two rooms on one side and then like a second floor that connects the two like that, that mesh gets really utilized in some of the bigger spaces. But I agree for the most part, the layouts and stuff are pretty different and how, when they start to integrate, like when you move on to the other acts and you get stuff like the grappling hook, and then they start to integrate those other gameplay mechanics into the layouts as well. Um, like it's pretty interesting. And I also like that the, the it doesn't feel like a fail state to go in non-stealth, to like just go in and like start fighting people <laughs> outright. <laughs> you know, they even give you the showdown button and they're like, come on, let's go. Let's just start killing people. And and so you can either sneak around or fight people, and it's not uh, one way. I, I think the sneaking is certainly an easier way to go because uh, you can just kind of poison people or you know take a bunch of people out. I, I would disagree. In the late game, you can generally take out like two-thirds of a village in one showdown when, if you get the right skills and gear for it. Oh, I mean, yeah, I've got the, like, you can do, like, a five-chain showdown or whatever, and it's, like, most groups. Well, no, no, it was, it's, you do a five-chain showdown, and then you activate, like, hyper-mega murder, because that, like, fills up your bar, and then you act, activate mega-death murder. Oh, bar, yeah. And then you kill the rest of the people, and then it's just, like, there's, like, two guys yelling dojo at you, and you just run up and slice them. <laughs> dojo. Yes, the archers. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you can you can probably get eight kills relatively free if you go in there, right? Like that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, right now I I picked the uh, my my like infiltration suit is naked guy <laughs> because. The, it's like silent footsteps or whatever. So I love just like sprinting around the area and like run, sprinting up behind people and assassinating them. And they're like, what? <laughs> also, you get to be a naked man the whole time. I admit that that's part of the, the bonus. Oh, I, that's definitely part of the appeal. Yeah. Because I do, I am like naked with the monkey mask and the big, the big old Mongol chainmail helmet thing. So it's definitely a look, <laughs> but... Yes, I, I, I recall. Uh, I, I remember showing folks from work my Spider-Man save because we were trying to look at something on that game, and 
showing and like loading it up is like, oh yeah, Spider Man's in underwear. Because <laughs> uh-huh. when you get the underwear outfit, you you use the underwear outfit. That's just the rule. Yeah, that's what you do. Uh, so another game I'm playing on Switch uh, is Hades. Have you heard of that one? I have heard of that one. I know a lot of uh, some of my coworkers really like it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a uh, it's a roguelike, like action RPG roguelike. Um, but the nice thing about it is, it's one that's it's got like a story and a point, and you and there's like uh, a there's so many air levels you play. You're basically fighting your way out of Hades. So you have to go through all the different like levels, uh, like Tartarus and Elysium and all that stuff. And you're fighting your way out to the top. So there's a cycle that you run through where you get to the top, you you fight the you fight Hades at the end, and then you're and then you're done, and you you've played that round. So like, it's not like a lot of roguelikes I don't care for because they're just play until you don't, and there's it's just like okay. Great. Why am I doing this? Um, yeah. I just, it's like, I don't like that the idea that there's like not an end and it's just the inevitability of like, well, I'm just going to do this until until something kills me. Um, the nice thing about Hades yeah, it, is there's, not, there's that stopping point, right? Or there's like a sense of victory. Yeah. I, I have a similar issue with many roguelikes because of that sense of. Yeah, there's kind that of, feels like there's a lack of going anywhere with it. Like there I hesitate to say progression because there's are several roguelikes I've played that have unlocks or something, but it becomes kind of my own disinterest in the gameplay is what ends me playing it. And that's how it was with Rogue Legacy. I don't know if you ever played that. Um and it was another roguelike thing that was based off the, it was kind of like a, an homage to Descent, which was called Sublevel Zero. But in both of those games, I realized like, you know, I would do runs and I would do some like long runs and get to these like different places. But then I realized I spent most of my time just playing the same you know, area of game over and over again. And I just got tired of it. I got tired of looking at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, so the nice thing about Hades is you've got that like end point that you know that you're trying to work towards. Um, and then once you get there, um, there's, there's also like a narrative behind that. So like once you've beaten that so many cycles, then you also have a different story that you can kind of move along. And so there's a definite point where the game tells you, okay, you're done, you can quit now. That I think a lot of roguelikes don't have, which is something that I appreciate about it. Um, I think the other thing that I like about it is that uh, a lot of roguelikes, you know, you kind of, I feel like they let, this, this one, like your progression is totally random, right? It's totally based on, uh, you know, I'll walk up to a door, like, 
and it says like it's a boon. There's all the, all these different all the different deities in the pantheon give you different types of boons, and so they they're based around like different themes like um, the uh, uh, the goddess of the hunt. What's her name again? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, we'll go to another like uh, uh, Aphrodite, right? Her her thing is like. Uh, most of her skills add a status effect called weakness, which makes the enemies do less damage. And then um, Zeus's attacks are all lightning-based, so there's a lot of different things where, like, they'll do chain lightning and bounce around and hit other enemies. And so, like, you can see a door, um, and you can say, like, do I want, you know, do I want weakness, or do I want to do the chain lightning stuff? And it's like, well, uh, I'll, I'll go towards the the door with weakness because I want to get uh, because Aphrodite's attacks are really strong single hits and I, I need you know a, a strong single hit on this this attack to you know do more damage to bosses and stuff or something so you get some idea of like I, I can choose you know this style over another but uh, sometimes you don't get that option because there's only one door out and so you have to take whatever's coming behind that door um, but but once you kind of learn what all of the uh, different gods' boons are about and what the different buffs are, like it gets kind of interesting. We sort of game the system and make some like really interesting um, combinations of things. And uh, so it's it's kind of like <clears throat> there's like a theory craft element to it, um, but it also kind of requires you to like think on your feet as you as you play. Which uh, is some, is, that's the kind of thing that I really enjoy. It's like uh, it's sort of equivalent to like playing like a draft game in Magic or something, right? Where it's like you don't know what you're going to get dealt, but you know what you can get, and you can figure out how to plan around that and what's going to come in the future, which is kind of cool. Uh, oh, I had actually okay. So there was a rogue like I played that I actually enjoyed and and played through to the boss uh several times which was risk of rain 2 and uh it that thing i kind of had a similar it doesn't have a great story or anything um but it does have a similar sort of like you don't know what upgrades you're gonna get like you unlock the potential for more kinds of upgrades, like in different ways, like by accomplishing different goals um, or just finding them randomly. They'll like, if they randomly spawn, then you'll be able to do that later. Right. Um, and so some runs I would get these like absolute bananas combinations of, of things that was like, you know, now your attack spawns this projectile that shoots out and like kills people. And when they die, they explode and set everything around them on fire. And then that launches this thing. And so it would be this like just ultimate ultra cacophony of like <laughs> madness happening around me. But the, the other thing about that game was the stage that you're in like there's a kind of a timer that is steadily increasing the difficulty of enemies so you'll have like more and more difficult enemies and more 
numerous difficult enemies the longer you your run takes but you can also become more powerful the more you seek out the different items in the levels and like so there's a balance between like how long do i want to sit at this in this map looking for something versus going on to the next map because if i wait too long the next map's going to be harder because i waited too long yeah you know so that was kind of an interesting game and it's got a multiplayer component, but I don't think I ever played the multiplayer in it. But yeah, that was one roguelike that I've actually like really enjoyed for more than, say, a couple days or something. Mm-hmm. But I might have to try Hades out, too, because it sounds like everybody likes it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I got all those crazy nominations for something. <laughs> are you telling me games that win sometimes. awards are good sometimes i don't buy that i don't buy that for a second <laughs> when they're made by poor companies or, or smaller companies then yes that's, that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah when they're not when they're not call of duty <laughs> uh oh so one other game i just started um Diablo 2. <laughs> I, I remember you hated... Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, like, I guess there were many nights where I would, like, you would, like, hear the Diablo 2 town music, and it was, like, a nightmare for you because I was playing it in the other room. Yeah, the, like... Yeah, you are playing it in your room in, in our parents' house in the Diablo 2... I guess it was... Is the town Tristram? Uh, oh, that was Diablo 1. That was that you would hear. Oh well, I don't know, but there was this like yes. guitar, like acoustic guitar, like brum, 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 brum. that would brum, play. Brum, brum, brum. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And so, anytime you use your town portal to go back to that, it would trigger that sound at the start of the music, and I would be lying in bed at some point in the night and just hear, you know, the guitar play. I should I should find that clip and cut it in right at what some point here when we're talking about this, so people know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it was maddening. Right. Well, uh, yeah. So they did the remastered version because that's what people are doing now. They're just taking games from like the '90s and 2000s and uh, releasing the remastered versions. Because I mean, I think I've seen like a dozen or so games uh, advertising that crap. Lately. But uh, Diablo yeah. said, "Why not us?" And they did it too. And um, the thing that I would say uh, that like uh, you might actually like about this version is that you can play it with a controller now. And I remember you saying that like you you did not like Diablo games at all until you could play Diablo three with a controller, and that made a, a big difference for you. Yeah, it made it turned it from click 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 on this thing to. I guess I'm just playing Gauntlet now, and then that yeah. was fun. So you you might find this playable. So the thing is, it's still got some of the fun super jankiness that you know '90s games had. Actually, I guess that game came out in like 2000. So anyway, it's still got some of that old old school jankiness. Like um, to use potions, it's a total pain in the ass. You have to like go use the mouse cursor to like 
click and drop potions into your belt in your inventory screen. Um, <laughs> but uh, it it does like uh, I was playing an uh, the assassin class, which um, when I played that class uh, in the original game with the keyboard and mouse, there were so many hotkeys that I had to use for that class that my, you know, my hand would become a withered claw after playing a certain amount of time with that class because you had to swap between, like, so many abilities. It was uh, it was kind of ridiculous. Like, compare that to, like, Barbarian, where it was, like, literally you just would hold down the whirlwind button for the entire session. Um, like, the Assassin was definitely, like, made you work for it. But the uh, the fact that like now everything's just on face buttons and stuff like so much easier to play that character. Yeah, that does sound better. I don't know. I think it's going to be a hard sell for me to to try to pick that game up. I, uh, I I I don't know. I mean, I've also got so many other games in my backlog. Like I started the Ascent, as you know, and I'm I've made no progress. <laughs> I'm nowhere in that game because I still I I'm the I'm the kind of person that I play one game until I've like consumed it in its entirety and then I move on to the yes, next. Yes, I I understand. That's I just told you my story about getting all of the points on Assassin's Creed, so I can relate. Um, yeah, I actually so I did I played through the Ascent too, and uh, like. Like you're saying, I scorched earthed it and got everything and did all the things in it. It's um it's a hard game to start though, because there there are so many like I don't even know if I can call them bugs, but there are so many bugs that are just bad that it makes it like very hard to start the game. Like they, uh, their quest stuff is just busted ass. It's totally broken, and I don't. I feel like yeah, they're just not this, even. This, yeah, the side quest gating is terrible. In that it doesn't exist. Right. Really. Like, you can get any. You can get. You can get like a dozen side quests ranging from what it says to be level two to like level 30 and you can just get them out of the gate and none of them tell you like, dude, you, you cannot actually complete this in any way because you got to go down that this elevator exist. that does yes, not work. That's the thing. Like that's why it's so, t- that's it, why I'm saying it's, it's bugs, right? Because there are so many quests, like you can take every single side quest in that first, that first level, which is like, about two-thirds of them. Two-thirds of the side quests you can get right at the start of the game. And then there are so many of them that pretty much all of them, except for like maybe two, require you to leave the first location, which you can't until you progress the main quest. And yeah, you, you pretty much have to go to a website and say, can I do this right now? And there's sometimes where it feels like you can because the area, like, when you get further in the game, you'll realize that it's even more broken than, than you think, right? Because at least 
at least with like it's more broken than like you that think. level two one that has you run through a level twenty area to get to an elevator that doesn't exist at the start of the game. At least that you know. Okay, I can't do this until the elevator's here. But then there's some where you have a point on the map. the The level of the quest is below the level you are. And you go to that point on the map, which you can get to because you can access the area, but you can't complete it because it's actually like inside a building or something that you can't get to until you complete the story mission. Oh yeah, I found I found one of those where they're where they're like, yeah, hey, go to this, uh, like meet this person at this hotel, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I go to the hotel when I pick up a different quest while I'm at the hotel. But the quest that I'm trying to do points me to this part of the hotel that is nothing. There's just nothing there. And it's like, well... Right. And you can be like right on top of the waypoint, but it's right, not it's in right the, here. you're not really in the right spot because they don't do layering for shit in that game, even though they've got floors and stuff all over the place. So Yeah, and so I just go, well, I guess something isn't triggering or some NPC isn't here that I need to talk to or something, but I have no idea when I'll be able to do this quest. I just don't know. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The combat's all right, though. It's it's pretty. That's. That's the best you can say about it. It's a very pretty game. But yes, if you're going to play that game, just just suck it up and play the opposite of the way that you want to play every Elder Scrolls game and do the main story first, then go back and do all the side content because it just doesn't work the other way. That's ludicrous. I can't believe somebody would make an RPG like that where... It just wouldn't understand. You cannot possibly do that quest until after a specific main mission. Yeah. I'm going to call this a closed world RPG because everything that you want to do is closed. Well, I I only have the one topic on here. We still have topics? On our podcast. Topic. Is that a year old or is it, it, is it new? Oh, I still have. No, well, I deleted all the year old stuff. I don't remember what was in there from before, but uh, yeah, I put this in here because it was kind of kind of blew my mind, though. But it, the only thing I've got in there is the whole oh, Chris Pratt as Mario. Yes. In the Mario Brothers movie. And it's animated. So, like, I don't know. It's such a bananas cast. I don't I just don't I just don't know. And the fact that they have Donkey and Cranky Kong in the ge- in the game is just what is even happening? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, yes, Mario did you know start his career out fighting the Kongs. So, I guess I guess that makes some sense. And who was Luigi again? Right. Well, that's the best casting. It's Charlie Day. He's very un-Luigi-like in physical appearance, but 
Yes, I, I could see him as a as a voice actor being, being a decent Luigi. His his personality is very Luigi. Yeah, I uh, I just I'm really like I kind of have to see the movie just for that. Yeah, I don't get Chris Pratt as Mario though. Uh, I don't I don't know who immediately like comes to mind when I think of like who Mario would be. But it's definitely not Chris Pratt. I mean, I definitely who if with Charlie Day as Luigi, I would pay <laughs> good money to see Danny DeVito yes. as Mario. Yes. And then it could just be live action. Because because then like scale wise, I mean he Yeah, could be then it could just be so Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. you just have to get a bunch Danny of really short yeah. people to play the rest of the game. Absolutely. Oh, because the, I feel like everybody else is taller than Mario. Oh, I guess Peach that's is true. way is like tw- double Mario's height. Um, I think you could make a decent Mario cast out of <laughs> the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Except, except Toad, you would get Peter Dinklage to play Toad, and he would be totally dignified as Toad. He would, yeah, yeah, and and just be live action. So, so D would be Peach. That's just disturbing. It is, but also <laughs> on brand, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who would be better as Dennis. Bowser, Dennis or Mac. Dennis. And I think the answer is Dennis, yeah. Yeah. Mac would be, because Mac would be yeah. Goomba. See? I feel like it works out. Yeah, he would just be a Goomba. Just every Goomba? Yeah. I guess every Goomba. I don't know. No. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why you... I don't know why we didn't let... Were you, why were we not consulted on the casting for this? I don't know. We're just about at an hour. All right. As it turns out. Are we... Uh, Do you want to wrap it up? A wiki, wiki, wiki. Like, that kind of rap? Or, oh, <laughs> Good. Because that was no. not uh, going to go well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell <laughs> just from your start there. <laughs> I'm rapping grandpa. Not I'm a... to say I rap grandpa's in a special way. I don't know. There you go. I don't know. What does rapping rap grandpa grandpa's? do? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he complains about kids these days in a major way sure that works uh okay takes takes <laughs> takes metamucil uh-huh. uh <laughs> um yeah we should just end that 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 line of discussion uh, are we going to name this one yeah yeah i was considering um Something like always, you always pick naked or something like that. Or... <laughs> always, always go with the underwear. Always go with the underwear. That's it.